From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Remember back in fourth grade when your class misbehaved and the teacher canceled your recess? That's basically what happened in the United States Senate this week. Senator Mitch McConnell, who leads the majority Republicans, whacked the usual August break. He said it was because there's just so much work to do on nominations and on other related legislation like the Farm Bill and appropriations. Yesterday I announced the Senate's regularly scheduled August recess will not occur this year. Members will be able to meet with our constituents during a standard one-week state work period at the beginning of the month. Then we'll come right back here and get back to work. It also has the potential to maroon several Democrats who are in tough races in Washington in a traditional campaign season. There are 10 Democrats who are running in states that Donald Trump won in 2016, and they'd probably like to spend more time on the campaign trail than in Washington at that time. Ed Pesch is joining me on this podcast, and we're going to talk about some of the history of these canceled recesses or uncanceled recesses. He's had a perch, uh, not just in his capacity as a managing editor of CQ Senate, but also as the director of the Senate Periodical Press Gallery for several years and has seen this play out. Ed, welcome to Political Theater. Hello, Jason. It's good to be back with you, although I'm not sure about this topic. <laughs> yes, it, it, uh, it can make people's skin crawl. Um, when they, when they think about just the uncertainty of trying to plan their schedule. And it, it's not so much that people are, you know, afraid to work. I mean, people, when you're campaigning, that's, that's a, there's a high degree of work there. They call them the district work periods. But we have been building up to this for a little while in the course of this Congress. Uh, several senators have been clamoring to spend more time in Washington, even though they like to say that they hate Washington. It's, you know, it becomes their, their drumbeat. They, they dislike the swamp. Right. But, Earlier this year, we had 16 senators send a letter to McConnell and say, you know, we think you should shorten the recess and we should work on weekends and work at night and so forth to process nominations and to, and to get our work done. So this has been building for a little while before McConnell's announcement that he was going to shorten the August break. But he's shortened breaks before, correct? He did. He did. <laughs> they started this last year when I, I believe a smaller group of Senate, Republican senators requested this, and they, they did get some extra time last summer. But it wasn't much. I mean, they, they didn't cancel the full, I think it was a four or five week recess. I mean, they they, they were there for uh, like another, what amount of about I think it was about a week. Yeah. A, a week's worth of Senate work. Right. Of Senate. Yeah. Uh, and and so, one of the things that McConnell has talked about, and he mentions it, you know, during his leader rem- leadership remarks on the floor, is that uh, you know the Democrats have have requested this. He he has had to file motions to cut off debate, cloture motions, as right. they're known, uh, on on nominees who are not controversial, on legislation, you know, up and down the line. He he com- tried to compare the first two years of Donald Trump's year to the first two years of President Obama's years, and th- there was. You know, that there was no comparison between the two. Sixteen months into the Trump administration, Senate Democrats persist in their unprecedented campaign to obstruct the president's nominees for a wide array of executive and judicial positions. It's time for a little historic perspective. During President Obama's first two years, the Senate only needed 12 cloture votes on nominations. But less than a year and a half into this administration, the Democratic minority has stalled progress through, listen to this, 101 cloture votes and counting on nominations. 101 cloture votes. 
But like we've actually looked at some of the numbers. The, a f- more fair comparison might be when the Republicans were in the minority. Or, or sorry, yeah, when the Republicans were in the minority the right. last time after Barack Obama was reelected in 2012, uh, and we saw a spike in in cloture motions. In these, in these, it, it, let's talk about that a little bit. What'd you find? What I did, Jason, was I took a look at um, the 113th Congress from 2013 to 2014 and encapsulated those two years. What I found was, according to uh, a handy resource at Senate.gov, is there are about 252 of those motions to cut off debate, known as cloture motions, filed. And of those, in 2013, there were about Mm -hmm. 78-ish. Of those... Uh, and, and in 2014, the number spiked drastically up to 174 approximately. And one of the reasons we, we, we know that as observers of the institution is that in 2013, at the end of 2013, right. uh, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid invoked what's known as the, the nuclear option, which lowered the threshold for cutting off debate from 60 to 50 on on uh, judicial nominees. It, it kind of stoked this a little bit of partisanship, you know, a little bit of bitter warfare. And uh, and then, as as you pointed out, everybody knew that they had a new weapon that they could file these cloture motions right. to basically run the clock. A new tool in the toolbox, and uh, Democrat Harry Reid of Nevada was not uh, shy about using it mm-hmm. once he had it, and he could move anything with his simple uh, majority comprised of mostly his his Democratic caucus. Uh, and but the thing was is that the you know that we were past the point where you know like an era of good feelings, right? Where you know the, the a, a president would just be allowed to, you know, sort of have his way with judicial nominees or or cabinet officials and so forth. I mean, the the minority saw this as a, as a weapon, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, and they were going to use it. So the it's not really unprecedented. Yes, there are more cloture motions filed uh, under the first two years of Donald Trump compared to Obama's first years. I mean, but in the last in more recent history, is, this has just become like a way of doing business in the Senate. I mean, you just you make you make the majority work for it. One thing I noticed is in Obama's first year in office, when he first took over, he had a supermajority of Democrats in the Senate. So he he did once Franken was sworn in, right? I mean, because he right. was the, he was the sixtieth uh, at, at that point. Right. But yes, but it was it was difficult. It was it was easier to have sort of have his way, you know, in with those numbers. I I think that that could be part of the reason why you see the numbers of cloture motions that are lower. Plus, you had, you still have the sixty vote threshold at that point. Um, flash forward to uh, President Donald Trump, and Mitch McConnell is is definitely taking advantage of uh, what what people have called a gift from Harry Reid, which is having a lower threshold where you right can, you he can, can move it with right. a simple majority of fifty of his Republicans, mm-hmm. and there simply is nothing Democrats can do except to require the political theater of the clock to run on the Senate floor, where you see an empty chamber uh, for a vast majority of the time. And this has driven some Republicans pretty like angry. I mean, like the. I mean, we, we can get into some of the reasons that we're, where we got here. But Senator David Perdue, who's a Republican from Georgia, he has been one of the people who has who's been clamoring for more work time uh, after the after Mitch McConnell announced that they were going to scale back the August recess. He sent out a. Uh, a release uh, in which he said a statement that says, it is important to remember that simply canceling the August state work period is not the goal. We should be working nights and weekends now to get the results the American people sent us here to deliver. Uh, you know, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, another Republican, said in his release, as much as I love being out of Washington, D.C. and back in Louisiana, it's time to get important work done. 
Majority Leader McConnell made the right decision in canceling the August work period. We need to work nights, weekends, and holidays to deliver the promises that were made to the American people. So, I mean, there is this, no, we just have to work all the time uh, right. to, to, to get these things done. How likely are we to see, you think, night, holiday, and weekend work? Well, it's, uh, I would be hard-pressed to see the four-day work week go away. Uh, it's... It, <laughs> It, but who knows? I mean, we're, he's canceling August recess. It's the second year in the row mm -hmm. it, that he's announced it. So anything is possible. But giving up that long weekend is, 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 a, tough, is a tough one for me to see because right. they still want to be out of here by mid-Thursday afternoon, give or take. And Democrats are also pointing out that they're, in their own little bit of theater, they're thrilled to be here in August. I mean, they're putting on a brave face saying, like, we want to talk about health care. We want to talk about things that are important to our caucus. I mean, like, they're, they may have an amplified sort of presence uh, in a relatively slow time. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to be tuning in from their vacations and so forth to the proceedings on C-SPAN 2 uh, and whether people are arguing about the cost of health care. But uh, it, there can be unintended consequences if, you, if the debate is sort of taken up by something that maybe the Republicans don't want to talk about, right? Right, right. I think on the one hand, you've got Majority Leader Mitch McConnell saying that he wants to move spending bills, nominations. He wants to move a farm bill, a defense bill. He, he's got an aggressive agenda that he's planning for this, 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 this additional three weeks of work. On the other side, you've got the Democrats who are saying they want to move and highlight some health care proposals mm -hmm. that they have. Uh, in particular, Senator Charles Schumer, uh, minority leader for the Democrats, he was saying, that he wants to see the president follow th the President Trump follow through on his campaign promise to bring affordable health care uh, uh, options out there. We Democrats welcome this additional time because it gives us the opportunity to address an issue that's on the top of the mind of so many of the American people, and one that Republicans have badly mishandled up to this point: health care. We welcome the opportunity to address it, and we're going to work very hard in August to require our Republican colleagues to do something about it. Uh, some of the proposals that uh, Schumer mentioned were to allow those who are 55 to buy into Medicare, increase tax credits in order to buy health care, and to highlight national reinsurance programs. So. He wants, to, he wants to make sure that he's got his caucus and their proposals out there, and he said that he was going to try and get votes on those during that hot summer month. One thing to add is it's certainly about the messaging of those amendments. And I think as we get into that period of time after uh, the second week of, of, of the recess is when they're scheduled to return during August. The second week of August. Right. The second week of August is when the Senate would be in session uh, for this additional work period. And it seems to me that it, there's going to be a messaging war that's brewing between the two parties. I think once senators get a look at how that messaging war is going, if a certain party might be losing it, I think you could see some adjust, further adjustments, and, and, and maybe there could be an additional time off that, that is returned. So we can probably expect a lot of healthcare messaging from Democrats. They right. feel like it's a pretty good issue for them. Um, the Republicans say they want to be here so they can process nominations and pass spending bills and maybe work on some tax stuff and the Water Resource Development Act and the Farm Bill. But what's the message? I mean, is that, are those, those the topics that are really moving voters right now? 
I think one of the one of the top goals of the the Republicans who want to be here is to to demonstrate that they're doing the work of what they say the American people want them to do. They also want to highlight that there are so many items simply because of what they call Democrat obstruction, and they need the extra time in order to work, jump through the hoops in order to get those done in order to overcome this what McConnell has called unprecedented obstruction. Uh, we should also just mention, you know, that also that there is a vulnerable de- uh, Republican senator, Dean Heller in Nevada. Right. Uh, Hillary Clinton won Nevada. He's in for a tough race. It's a toss-up race uh, against Democrat Jackie Rosen. Uh, I mean, th- this could be an interesting – this could work against him too uh, in the same way that it would work against some of the Democrats who are running in, in tough races. Right. But again, given that they will have to run the clock, it's it's possible that you could see senators – skipping out for <laughs> trips back home for different campaign events. This gets back to the school imagery. They're, right. they're, they're skipping right. class. Right, they're right. Skipping exactly. Class <laughs> so anyway, uh, Ed, thank you so much for, for walking us through this. I know that the, uh, the you, know, you, you and I love the, these sort of numbers, uh, like the looking at the comparisons, and I thought it was important just to point out that you know this we didn't get here just all of a sudden, uh, that the Senate has been brewing up to this for quite some time. Well, they do like to keep track of record setting in in the Senate. Well, we will see how it unfolds. Uh, These things rarely go as planned for any political party. Uh, So they've uh, sort of set in motion this and it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to to see how it unfolds. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, including by Ed Pesch, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at RollCall. Thank you for listening.